You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Eretz Yisrael, this is Rizcha Daraisa, another special edition. Uh, it might be the last one for a little while uh, between me and you and Eretz Yisrael. Hopefully, you know, we'll, we, might, we might flip the script. You might be going to Eretz Yisrael and we'll, we'll do it the other way around. Um, so, fresh from uh, my weekend in uh, Kasaria, awaiting a uh, bris for my son. Uh, the baby was not born in Kasaria, but uh, for many, many reasons, I was there for Shabbos, which... Well, Kasaria uh, is one of the most luxurious places in the Holy Land, right? It is incredible. It is like a shtickle, what you would imagine, I guess, Gan Eden to look like if you would want to drive. Um, right, so uh, it certainly beats Kiryat Gat or how should we say even Yerushalayim in terms of the... Look, uh, I, I want to tell you today, I, I, I left the Shtiblach today of Yerushalayim um, and I was walking up the street to go to find where my car was. And well, I love the Shtiblach because there, were shalet, there was a shalet there where not letting anyone under 15 daven for the young which I thought was great. That is a great show it right there. Yes, yes. I like the fact that we're going to have diktuk and kapetas on halacha, yes. Anyway, I left the, the shtiblach, and I'm walking up the street, and I see there's, there's, there's garbage and leftover food and stuff on the ground, and there's a number of Yungalite talking uh, wonderfully, and then there's a fellow working for the city of Yerushalayim, cleaning stuff up, uh, using his broom and his hands and dustpan and getting the stuff clean and, and making sure that it's lucky. And I'm thinking to myself, who's more hush of here right now? Is it the, is it the Menaka of the, uh, of, of the streets or shall I? Holy hunchback. That's, yeah, right. Or these other two guys that are sitting there loving their little schmoozerai. Believe me, it wasn't about the Ktsaisinasivas. It was some gishmake schmoozerai, maybe about the elections. And I'm saying... What's wrong with this? You guys should be down there helping this guy. This guy has got, and it's not like he's, what he has is the leftover uh, food and stuff from all the other American guys that have been running around over there and, and, and getting stuff from Burger Bites or wherever it is they're getting stuff from and throwing the stuff out in the street. And here's a guy cleaning this stuff up. So that was a, a that was a, something that it just hit me, hit me as something beautiful. Yes, but Yerushalayim is cleaner than it used to be. I can tell you that. Um, I think all the signs of Shemar HaMikhion have helped. But Kisaria, I mean, there, it's like, you know, first of all, you know, there's many checkpoints you have to pass through to get into. Um, and secondly, um, it, it is so well-maintained. It is obviously the, the home of, of you know, the, the power people in Eretz Yisrael, um, the homes are magnificent. I want to tell you just to walk, just to walk behind. There's places where you can get lost, not just like in a, in a touristy way. There are there are alleyways and areas that lead to the dunes that lead to beautiful flora and fauna. I've never seen anything like that planted in Eretz Yisrael. Um, it, it, it is it is kol mine prochim v'ilonois. Uh, it, it really is. It's, it's really a fantasy if you think about it. Um, there are a number of of, of, of from shuls there, and I was zocha to be in three of them uh, over my stay, and uh, two of them house a kelo, and I was able to speak and learning with the. Rishkoyle. The light don't come from Kesaria, though, do they? They come from Zichron. 
generally come from Zichro and Yaakov. And, um, but the, the uh, Balabatim, they are very proud that they have a Kayu there. And it's so strange when you think about it, because you, you know, the main street, of course, is Rothschild. And I, 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 I assume that Rothschilds had a lot to do with building this yeah, place. For sure, yeah. Yes. And um, what's interesting, of course, is, as we know, both of us who teach history, you know, this is a city that the worst Xerus Arroyas of Claudusrol were Yotze from, you know, from Kazaria, right? This was a place that, that, yeah. that, that, that the Roman henchmen, uh, the, 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 the most corrupt uh, persons, Xerus uh, uh, that led to the to led uh, to the Hurban and afterwards, and this is the jewel of Eretz Yisrael. It's it's I don't know. There's something here, but I don't know. I wouldn't even say it's a beer and It's like you know. Um, and I assume, by the way, that there was a Zora there that the Jews who did have a schools to live there were Nitvasin. I don't know. We know the the Goyish Avedis are. I think they found a lot of remnants and stuff like that. I didn't go into the museums at all. But Bibi's house. They told me my host told me that I was uh, on the street where Bibi lived, and I did take a quite a long walk. Um, I, I I have to tell all our listeners here that um, based on the halachas of how you're supposed to hold a dog leash, I, I did take a dog with me, and uh, I, I assume so that which didn't rely on. I assumed there was an Eruv, but I still held the dog leash, like the Shmir Shabbos Gilchus says to hold it. And uh, here I was with my straw hat uh, and a, a nice uh, black lab mix, walking around in Kazaria, uh, around, who knows, maybe in behind Bibi's house on, on Shabbos, and really relishing and, and, and marveling and how beautiful Eretz Yisrael is, how beautiful and magnificent and still and quiet. Um, it was an experience uh, the like I've never had. And, um, but it's still, something was at the pit of my stomach saying, and this is the city that we have been Kovish. This is the city that, that at one time stood for, you know, and, 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 and it is, it, there's a city right next to it called Orakiva, you know, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that area. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and there's a you know there's a big Chabad presence there, and as you would expect, but I it, 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 it's it's really marvelous. It really is marvelous that they can take the the place that symbolized our uh, symbolized our Golos, uh, Golos and Eretz and turn it into the jewel of the country. And uh, you know there should Hashem, you know, there should be it, it, the problem. Of course, is as you as well know to afford living there, you have to be yeah, well, yeah, have to be there, yeah, right. But you right. got you got to afford living in Shari Ches nowadays. You have to be there. I mean, you know, a lot so, of places. So the idea of, of and, and and so therefore the the city council is going to be very strict about what they allow and who they allow in and what happens there. Uh, but you know, a koyul is still good, and the people coming in, the uh, a light coming in to learn. Um, it, it was it was something, and uh, I was uh, I can tell you that I went to Daven this morning in a uh, show called Heichel Naomi, and um, the Baltvila that they have there, Bikfiut, uh, uh was a very nice Baltvila. Uh, it was a sort of a Sfardi uh, Moroccan musaf, and um, I saw that uh, before Chazaras Hashats, he runs down. Before he repeats Chazar Sashats, 
and he points to my to my uh, my my yad. and one of a uh, part of the ritzua had turned the other way, and he wanted to, to 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 tell me about this. So afterwards, when I was speaking to him and learning afterwards, I told him, I said, not only are you the chazan, the chazon, you're the mashkiach ben acharokim, you mamish go down to to. To, to make sure that people are being mekayim tefillin kiroi, I don't know. I was very touched by that. I mean, I, I didn't take it as an insult. I thought it was, you know, a sign of diktuk sehirus happening in, 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 in Kesuf, uh, is going to show itself despite what. Uh, you know, what, they always get the same number of votes, and it, with all the tamula, all the, the, uh, uh, the publicity. All of them still only guess it to seven for for Dega, uh, for Kimmel and eight for Shas. So obviously, a lot of the Chayyim are voting for other parties. Right. So. I think many of them are recognizing that you know it's it's not necessarily answering the bell for them. I did right. see signs in B'nai Brak on Arab Shabbos saying that if you vote for Gimel, that's La Hashem, the Dalit. Right. If you vote for Gimel, that's to Dalit Streichel, as if that is the vote for God. Um, look, I. I you know, it, it sounds like next week we'll talk about uh, how the elections come out. Um, I, I haven't, and I didn't read the Frum papers, but I assume the typical, uh, you know, Sivuyim are coming out about going out and, and, and doing what they can. But I think, the, the, we'll put it this way, the Haredi numbers are, so str- are, are, are increased in a way that a government that is clearly more conducive to them um, you know, has a good chance of, of of achieving the what they need in the terms of numbers to to form the government. They might be voting not with Degelatayra, uh, but or Shas, but they are voting in a type. They're not voting for Barrett's, right? They're not voting for they're not voting for Yeshatid. They're not voting for that. And I think so. It really, doesn't make much of a difference because they are going to. Uh, the Haredi Hever will have, if if, if Netanyahu wins, they will have some sort of role. Um, and, and they have some new leadership, which is good, I think. Uh, Litzman stepped down, as you know. So I think, the, again, we, we talked off pod, we talked about the problem of, of leadership calcifying to a point that, you know, you can't really work with someone because that on Erev Shabbos, uh, once again, I, uh, I went to the Shtiblach now, how did I know what to do? There are no shtiblach when, when I here in remote bet that I know of, um, and I was running a little late. Put into my iPhone shtiblach <laughs> in ways, and I got fifteen different <laughs> fifteen different possibilities, and it's wonderful. You can put shtiblach into ways and find your closest shtiblach type of minion. Anyway, I went to Ramach Shlomo for uh, for a minion. Um, and on my way after on, after Davin, I went to let me say it again. I went to Ramach Shlomo for a minion, and afterwards, after davening, the person who was standing behind me and noticed that I was mocked and not to take Sholish psiyos in front of him, asked me. And I, 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 there was a moment that I thought he was going to hit me for money. That's not what he wanted at all. He wanted to talk about davening, and who was he? He was because he saw that I had a shtickle kveda and tefila. So he mentioned to me that his name is Rabinovich. And I said, Rabinovich? I said, Rabinovich, he says, from the Yidakodesh, that he's an anical of the Yidakodesh. So once again, another one of my touch zones of, of, of chsidus 
is, again, I told you about my meeting the Kamarno Rebbe's uh, Here I am meeting the Yidakadosh. So he, this is this is the, the Yidakadosh had a machlekes with the Chayza about davening. The Yid would daven very, very quickly. He davened extremely quick. And the Chayza davened very slow. Every word he spent incalculable, incalculable amount of time thinking about. And the Chayza, who was the, the Yid was a Talmud of the Chayza. And the Chayza called him over and said, you know, Yankin, what's, what's, what's this, this? What is this? What are you davening so fast? So he said, Rebbe, imagine that I would be getting an Eichel that I really would have a tremendous Tzimoyen to have. I, I just popped it in my mouth so fast. The words of davening are so gishmak. I just, I just want to eat it up so quickly. So therefore, every single word, I try it. I say it correctly, but it's quick because it's vital something that's gishmak. Um, so the Chayza answered him back. He said, well, by me, every word is like Eishlov. And if something is, you have a hot food, you, know, you put it in your mouth, you blow on it, you take a while till you can stick it in and eat it. That's by me, every, every meal of tefillah. So I then told him, after he told me that, I told him about the famous Moshe of Gersh and Kittimah, about the two types of people who daven, that there are people who daven extremely fast, and they're ones that take their time, if you will, a, a vault, a yar. Imagine it, a, a, a sort of a, a no man's land that's outside of a yishuv that, that separates one yishuv from another. And in order to get from one to the other, you have to run through there. Because it's sort of a no man's land, it's a place that is frequented by highwaymen and robbers who will jump on the person and beat them up, take whatever they have. There's one, one young fellow decided that what he would do is run, zigzag, as fast as possible, and this way he couldn't be a target for any of the robbers. The other one went into uh, the bar, as it would be, got himself shaken, and then meandered his way through. Now, as he meanders his way through this yard, the, the, the robbers, the highwaymen, and, and rascals jump on him, pummel him, take all his money, bruise him totally and completely, but he's able to somehow get up in his state of stupor and find himself rolling to the next yeshiv. When people find him and they see he's all beaten and lacerated, he says, well, I don't know, I don't feel a thing. I, I feel okay. I think I made it. So Krav Gershon says, that's the two ways you can have. We know Machshava Zoros are constantly inserting themselves in our heads. So one way you could do is you could just quickly get zigzag and run through there before they could actually bring you down. Or you could basically allow yourself to glory in whatever you're thinking about, whatever type of makshava or whatever you think about the elections or your mortgage or whatever it is, uh, how you're going to edit the Rizcha Daraisa properly, whatever you're trying to think about. And then before you know it, you, the words are coming out. But meanwhile, what sort of uh, toll has it taken on your soul and on your mind? All the klipas, as it would be, have been dubbing to you, and your davening is really completely uh, blotched and, and horrible. But you don't realize that because you're so, you're, you're just constant fashikin. So I told him this story afterwards. Then he decided to tell me 
that this machlekas between the choyzer and the, um, and by the way, by this time, there was about 10 people all around us, and I switched from Yiddish to Ivrit. And then he went No, ahead. you need a business card. You can give out in these circumstances, which says, Avram <laughs> Kibalevich, podcast extraordinaire. Looking yes. for a job in Eretz Yisrael, or something yes. like that. Come join our Rista. So then he starts telling me that this Machlekes, the Choyze, and the Yid, might be the Machlekes, the Ritva, and Rashi, about the Shear of Bayus HaMenuga. At the Shir of Bayus HaMenuga, we know it's got to be a Prasad Kemach. And the question is, why is that the Shir quicker? In other words, or Farkert? Is it because you eat it slower, right? So, so is it is it because it's, it's, it's something, is it like the Yid? That the Pshad is, is that it's going to go faster? Or Farkert? Because whatever enjoyment you get, it's actually going to take longer. And therefore, is Achilles Pras shorter if you would use a different type of material or not? My point is, though, once again, Very nice. I, as I said last week, only in Eretz Yisrael. This is, this is what occurs. This is what happens. And again, it did not happen in, in Kasaria. It was just a question of, you know. As I mentioned before the program, um, this uh, Sefer, which uh, was put out in Luzech and Nishmas with Moshe Ezra, is that so? Moshe Ezra was a friend, uh, an acquaintance, who uh, uh, I understand you knew as well, who died relatively pretty young, unfortunately, all of a sudden. Um, and uh, I was asked to contribute to the Sefer, so I contributed, which I posted my, as I say, I mentioned my blog, but in the back of the Sefer, there is a fascinating section about uh, uh, the Rabbonim in Atlanta from the first rabbi on, various different Rabbonim over the years. Most of them didn't spend a long time in Atlanta until Rabbi Geffen, the most famous rabbi, was there for many years. And uh, they have a section on a big machlekas which happened in terms of writing a get in Atlanta between a, a fellow named between Rabbi Tobia Geffen and a fellow named Rabbi Chaim Morris Yod. Yud. Uh, Rechaim Morris Yud was the son of Reb, uh, uh, Reb, uh, Reb, uh, of uh, what's his name? Uh, famous rabbi. You know, his, uh, Aaron, Avram Aaron, I think his name was. Uh, Yud Levitz. Avram Aaron Yud Levitz, yeah. So uh, evidently he wanted to, he had a, was a yeah, re- 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 recently, recently featured on our platform. Yeah. So place, uh, he right? was a, Rabbi Rechaim Morris Yud was a rabbi doctor. He was uh, he was a rabbi in England before he came to Atlanta. He was in Atlanta very long, but uh, he was uh, he uh, was the rabbi of a shul, and um, which was at war with Rabbi Geffen's shul. They did not get, they did not get along, and um, it happens to be that um, Rabbi uh, Rabbi Geffen was pushed out of his job. Rabbi Yud took out or took over that job, and Rabbi Yud started a new shul. So they set up evidently two batei dinim, and uh, opposed uh, in in two separate batei dinim in Atlanta, and they both wrote kitten. And until then, in Atlanta, they wrote uh, that uh, it was yeah, uh, uh, they didn't write they wrote with the stand in Nusach where it's not sitting on any specific uh, water waterway. Yaswo may Mayonos and may Beeros, and our mutual friend uh, Rabbi uh, Yaakov Greenblatt 
from uh, from Memphis confirmed that that's the way they write it nowadays. But along came this fellow, Rabbi Yod, and he wrote in the get that, that Atlanta sits beside Nahar Chattahoochee, the Chattahoochee River. The Chattahoochee River is seven miles away from Atlanta. And he wrote that it sits beside Nahar Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee. And this became a tremendous core celeb, evidently, in the early 20th century when this came up, because as we know, you have to be very careful you're writing again, writing can possibly again. So uh, the, um, there, there, were, uh, there were three issues. First of all, maybe you shouldn't write again in Atlanta altogether, because you don't know which way to write, it's, uh, if you should write the river or not. Uh, the, the second is, can you change what's been done till now? Until now, they were not writing about the river. And uh, the third issue is whether, again, it's kosher, even uh, or of course, once you did write it there. And Rabbi Yod writes in his, uh, in his letters, and they got very, very annoyed at each other, that because the water works, which does bring the water from the Chattahoochee River to the city of Atlanta, has a telephone number in Atlanta, in other words, if you call, the, you're not going to get, you don't call the, the location seven miles away. You call the number, which is in Atlanta. So that makes it part and parcel of the city. So, and then he has another story later on, which says that, yes, it's true that the river itself is seven miles from the city, but since the water comes in underground tunnels from the river to the city and the city gets river, water from the river. So therefore, the um, as a result, it uh, clearly is... Uh, we consider it according to him that the water comes to the city. And that's that that sounds like a Svarnachin, and I've seen Svaras like that in other places in terms of being Mahmir when you do have the 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 nar- thing is like this. He what he one thing is another thing which which is important to know is that I want to stress this. He wrote a Nusak, which we don't write in our kitten. We write the Yasfa al the heart something or other. He wrote the Yasfa Bitsad. Okay, mm-hmm. which is there's a Havamin and a Rashba to write Bitsad if it's not right next to the city. So I there's see. a whole issue, you know, the uh, Rabbi uh, Yod owned the Nachla Shiva and Rabbi Geffen did not own the Nachla Shiva. And the question was, would Rabbi Geffen go to Rabbi Yod's house to look at the Nachla Shiva or not? Right? <laughs> and he refused to go. And the Rabbi Yod said, you know, you're just a rabble rouser. You can come to my house. Now, Rabbi Yod did not offer to bring the Nachla Shiva to Rabbi Geffen's house. He did <laughs> so. So, I, I found this like fascinating. So, okay, so it, it fascinates you because, first of all, it shows you that there was in this sleepy southern town, yeah. there was a Resichos Daraisa that was going on right. between these two men. Yeah, amazing. Right. You know, the, the letters back and forth. He then, Rabbi Geffen wrote, a, a, put up, published in one of the. Uh, uh, the, the periodicals which they had back then, um, you know, a whole issue, uh, uh, a whole question: What do you, all, what do all you guys think about uh, this fellow and what he did? And he got all, all sorts of answers. And of course, the answers were published in that that the periodical. This is 1914, where most that were on Rabbi Geffen's side, but of course, Rabbi Avram Levitch wrote the whole letter in support uh, defending his son. We're in, in the base in the Truba space of. Uh, it's this chuv is it? Uh, is, yeah, it's uh, the chuv is based on Chelik Zion Simon Ches. Basically, the the, the Chadshin was the son of Rav, uh, was of Rav Yudalevich's son. 
He was the one, right? I, I've heard of him because he changed his name from Yud to from Yud to Yud. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it sounds very choppy. Um, obviously, you know, it, what's interesting is, of course, the, the Atlanta for years was just a sleepy uh, younger sister to Memphis as as a Torah town. Uh, you know, it, it did not turn into you know the the heart of the South until the 30s and 40s, when it became very large and it became really the major metropolitan city, uh, you know, south of the Mason Dixon line. And that wasn't in Texas. And it's interesting that, you know, I, I would assume there was a small Jewish community there. And the fact that these Hever were fighting about, I guess, I guess it, it spells a little bit about what life in America was about. Research and found these letters. on this. So I believe the Ezra family, um, they found it through, there's a, there's a Hushva Rosh Kolo in, um, in uh, in Milwaukee, his name is Rabbi Senderovich. Mendel Senderovich, of course. Yeah. He's a he's a I consider him a good a very good friend. Who wrote a country so Aretz Yeah, I have it. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's part of uh, that is the um. So he's the one. He's he's the one who had the treasure trove of these issues about Atlanta. Right, so then, so then they brought in a Rabbi Moshe Tzvi Berger from Brooklyn. I know Moshe. I know Moshe Tzibberger too. He's he is the person who is um, the great defender and the printer of Rav Yudalevich's right. right. So, so I actually had a, I had a conversation with him uh, a couple of weeks ago when on our platform we feature Rav Yudalevich, and um, he was very happy to provide me information that he had. But I yes, he's a wonderful Talmud He went to yeshiva with my older brother. Yes, go ahead. And then there are some lads were in the archives of the American Jewish Historical Society. And I guess the Yehuda Ezra, the son of the Nifter, he's the one who put it together in the end. All these, all these, all this research. That was Shemuel Teferis. Yeah, I guess uh, it might even outshine your shtickle on what was your shtickle again on? Oh, of course, uh, it outshines my shtickle. I'm not that big an about guy, but to say my shtickle kiddush on kiddush kiddush Hashem is more yeah. interesting than this shock of a time. Contribution is Rabbi Yisrael. Let's talk about uh, Martin Ezra, Moshe Ezra, and talk about really his great significance. I was. I, I knew his brother. He was in yeshiva with me together. We were in the same shir. That, uh, um, that's Menachem Ezreal, Mitch Ezreal. And uh, his younger brother, uh, Nebuch Benifter, came to know me, not as a friend of his brother's, but as um, the Frumi Noble Knight Coel uh, tape library uh, uh, star, so to speak. And that's the way he got to know you two as well, right? I believe so. No, no, I was, I was with him in Neri Soil. He was a year old, a year older than me. Uh, he was, the, uh, but we had a lot of common friends, and we we were Neri Soil together. Okay, but he he got to know me through my tapes, mm-hmm. and he would call me consistently. Um, and <laughs> it was such a again, I I was so honored because I was he's basically my age. He's only I think I'm only about a year older than him. And uh, I remember he came with his father to 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 Skokie, and he wanted he specifically came to see me over there and said, "This is Rabbi Kivelevich, right? This is the one where we listen to him." And again, his 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 modesty and his his his, his for for growth were incredible. Every little shear that to us was sort of like a throwaway, he saw as like a, a seed of gold to somehow work on and develop 
and use right. and, and create as part of something. You know, and for us, it was just, okay, I have a Kiddush, let's say it, you know, let's, let's, let's put it out some more. And, and it, the seriousness with, with, with which he took every piece of information. And, and, and he sort of, you know, his father, who I believe, you know, he, he was also very affected by Divrei Torah in that way. They were like these two pilgrims of truth. They were on their way to find what, what it was that God wanted from them and were using the, the means that this 20th century had provided for them. And it was, it was really the, and, and, and unlike other sort of seekers that are sort of like weird, that you almost get like a, a weird vibe from them, these guys were the most normal, straight-laced, put-together people. Southerners. Yes. And, well, uh, most had a real Southern accent. Yes, yes. And, Much more uh, than you. Yeah. I have to tell you, by the way, in, in Kasaria, at the minion that I dabbed, there was a woman um, who, uh, a, a woman and a man that were from England, and she is sort of like a, um, an amateur uh, linguist, or um, I forgot what the term is, but I asked her, I, I mentioned Henry Higgins to her, and she says that's what she does. And she started saying, no, talk some more. Let me see if I can figure out where you're at. And she started, you know, trying to say where I was. And she said, were you from Washington, the city of Washington? I said, I did go to Nary Israel for a couple of years. Oh, that must be it, you know, Baltimore. So she was trying to peg down my accent. Um, I did tell her that she has to understand that I didn't grow up in the streets of Memphis. I grew up in the streets of Lodge. You know what I'm saying? I, I grew up in, a, in, 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 in the shtetl. That was my uh, place. And when I wasn't in the shtetl, I was, I was glued to a television set where I wasn't hearing a Southerner talk. I was hearing Walter Cronkite and many of the other centurion tones of, of the TV newscasters that my father listened to so religiously. But anyway, be that as it may, the Ezra's were not that way. The Ezra's were real Southerners. Really, it wasn't like that they, and, and, and yet they burned so bright. The, our listeners can't see it, but the book looks like it must be about 800 pages. Yeah, right? there's a lot of books, a lot, lot of books, very fascinating stuff here. Who else, besides Bechhofer, who else is in there? Well, first of all, they have a lot of old stuff. You know, they have from, um, they have uh, from Reb Norco, but besides them, for a lot from Ruderman, Rabbi Krunglass, from, uh, Rabbi Weinberg, Rabbi Kolevsky, Rabbi Prime Eisenberg, even Rabbi Dettinger, Rabbi Alpert, Rabbi T. Hershkozhansky, Rabbi Nicole Forlang, Forschlager, Rabbi Gifter, this is Shrein Epis, this is the Fisher, Lafra Shmaria Shulman, and then a few others. And they have a whole bunch of living people, and they have T. Berkovich wrote. And then they have Schelik Agarita, where Rav Nachum wrote. And then they have also this um, stuff from him himself, from from Moshe and his family. Just a couple of brief things. One thing is that uh, he says that um, why do we do Atipas Taos Katipas Yishmaelim? Because it brings down from this Chazal say about Avram Avino in Yichutvatsroch now. Because Avram said that because they got they got the um, um, the uh, the chut is they got for the chut they got the mitzvah tzitzis and for the now they got the mitzvah tefillin and the, 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 he brings down here that the chut they're referring to 
is one with which the Arabs wrap their kafiyas. They wrap their kafiyas with a string. So Ebazoi makes sense, the Atifas Ishmaelim, because they're doing emulating the uh the Arab this Arab is, uh, This was this was uh Maishezel's own vart. Yeah. And then he Very says nice. the Machavis Mari Mavo. He says, What's the Pshan of Zemir? He says because we're going to the we're going to the next one which is going to take us out of the of our goals that's a, i think a great thing to add on i think let's let's tell people that they should try to get a hold of this and some of it's going to be available in all the bookstores soon, i think so yes yeah but this um, yes. right and definitely a to be should be a, 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 a for netzach for our, our wonderful wonderful friend and clearly um the people that you've mentioned there are all part people that were part of his journey yeah people from the yeshiva and I think the fact that they all gave so willingly and again, see Berkowitz is not, and we know he's one of the really great Torah minds in America today. He doesn't publish right and left. No. So the Rav fact Nachum that he- clearly doesn't. <laughs> yes, yes. And Rav Nachum, of course, probably one of the most um, important Mekubolim in yeah. America is yeah. probably Rav Nachum Lansky, my Lansman. And yeah. I want to tell you, when I met Rav Nachum, they, they had a- uh, or if not the Greenblatt 90th birthday celebration or whatever it was in, in, in Flatbush. And when Rav Nochem came over to me and said that, uh, and talked to me as if, you know, he says, yes, I've heard about what you're doing and this. I mean, I was, I was, I couldn't believe it. I'm saying Rav Nochem Lansky, like Rav Nochem Lansky is, 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 is incredible. And his story is... Unbelievable. is probably greater than his... His Renova and Sikhness are greater than his Lumbus, which are and his learning, which are extraordinary. Yes, yes. Renochem is really an incredible jewel, and there's a Gazun sign, or so and he should be tremendous Arikas Yomim, and people should be Marbital meeting if it's possible. He's a person who really, if you want to again understand what it is to live like a tzaddik, Renochem Lansky yeah. is definitely a person who could, could do that. Um, um, Moish should have a um, a a safer like this sounds like it's definitely worthy. Um, try to get me a copy then, okay? Okay, we'll, we'll do. Wait for when I come back. We'll okay. catch you again, Mr. Shem, next week. That's it. I'll send them the copy of the Rizka and then we'll see if we get you a safe. <laughs> get something free. <laughs> okay. Be well. All right. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.